This is John Holtzman, and welcome to our latest newsletter. Um, I'm back from my travels in Brussels, where I attended a very interesting meeting about food security and the risk that this provides for the world and the unintended consequences of sanctioning fertilizer companies, which could lead to famine in North Africa. Uh, we have to always be aware of the perils of doing, of being seen to feel good rather than to do good. And this is a prime example of not understanding how the world works um, and then paying the price. And along with this, I thought I would then jump right back in and talk to you about why Joe Biden's comeback politically in the 2022 election is so much less than meets the eye. Uh, climate analyst Bjorn Lomberg put it perfectly when he said, wishful thinking is not sound public policy. The vast majority of political risk mistakes are made for this one simple reason. A majority of analysts confuse what they would like to happen from what is likely to happen. I remember at the time of my opposition to the Iraq war, I never confused the fact that I was going to be Homer at the gates of Troy, that I was going to go down heroically falling on my sword, that despite my opposition, and there were very, very few of us opposing the war at the time, remember President Bush had about a 90% approval rating, that the neocons on the right and the equally arrogant and mindless Wilsonians on the left had the vast majority that Bush was going to go ahead and that the Iraq war was going to be a disaster for all the kind of Lorenzian reasons I've laid out before. I knew all this was going to happen, and I didn't wish away this terrible outcome. You have to see the world as it is and not as you'd like it to be. Otherwise, you're simply Robespierre or Rousseau. There's a reason the man ended up in an insane asylum. He was disappointed the world didn't correspond to his fantasies. You have to really work at separating what you'd like from what's going to happen if you're going to be any good at this. However, this is a primary analytical lesson that the in-the-tank leftist mainstream American media have yet to learn. Functioning is little more than the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, while arrogantly professing to represent some sort of objective truth. In other words, all sane people agree with them and their leftist views, or they are by definition either stupid, evil, wrong, or all of the above. The popularly derided press continually confuse what they would like to happen from the facts dancing in front of their eyes. And this is presently true over their excitement at Joe Biden's political comeback and what this means for the revival of Democratic hopes in the upcoming U.S. 2022 midterm elections. The standard media argument back, backing up their favorite Democratic Party goes something like this. The generic argument runs like this. The overturning of Roe v. Wade is unpopular as a majority of Americans support abortion rights which plays to the White House's advantage. The president has things moving again with finally passing a watered-down version of his grab-bag progressive spending bill, allocating another $750 billion for climate change projects and to lower medical costs. The forgiveness of billions of dollars of student loan debts is immensely popular, particularly among young millennials who will now vote for the Democrats in droves. The FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago has again exposed archenemy Donald Trump as a menace to society at large. All of this will allow us, uh, I mean the Democrats, to overcome the historical odds and actually win the midterms. I mean, that is in essence the argument that they're making. Well, let's pick this pathetic excuse for political risk analysis apart line by line. One, it is true that protecting abortion rights of some kind, though not as expansively as Democrats advocate, is popular in the U.S. Most Americans, despite what one hears, 
hold to a moderate view on abortion. Most are for abortion being free, legal, and rare in the first trimester, are not sure about the second trimester, and are actively opposed to it in the third trimester. Most Americans fall in this middle ground. However, few people vote as a result of abortion, one way or the other. Abortion rights is presently seen as about the fifth most important issue for voters in terms of Gallup polling as to their motivation. Nowhere near the top of the league in terms of the dominant cost of living crisis as a concern. Number one issue overwhelmingly is inflation and the cost of living crisis. The pandemic, a poor second, then it falls off a cliff and abortion rights are fifth. So at best, the Roe v. Wade argument favors the White House only at the margins. It doesn't change the overall trajectory of what's going to happen one way or the other. Second, in this time of rampant 8.5% inflation in July, hovering near a mid-decade high, Biden's stubborn insistence on ruinously spending money America doesn't have doesn't just seem partisan, it seems reckless. By a long way, voters are most concerned about inflation and the economy, as I said, and how the Federal Reserve and the Biden White House have utterly incompetently let the inflation genie out of the bottle two generations after Fed Chair Paul Volcker and Ronald Reagan tamed the savage beast. Instead, Biden's fir- Biden first belittled the inflation problem and said it was only a concern of rich people for some reason, when actually inflation tends to be a tax on the working poor. Then he said inflation would only be transitory, along with Paul Krugman, the Yasser Arafat of macroeconomics, wrong about everything. Then he said, why don't we focus on job creation numbers instead and stop talking about inflation? Wrong, wrong, and wrong. The country blames the White House for the scourge of inflation simply because the economic illiterates in the administration have kept spending money like drunken sailors, all reality to the contrary. And if you prime the pump with extra federal spending while the economy is already booming, you are pouring gasoline on a fire and surprise, you get inflation. So the second argument that the country is thrilled at this latest monetary giveaway doesn't make sense. Third, the utterly unfair Um, student loan forgiveness policy is obviously misnamed. I'm personally uh, paid back a treasure trove of loans by working very hard, and I'm utterly mortified at being made a fool of by a White House shamelessly looking to buy the votes of millennials. The loans don't simply disappear like a magic trick when you say you forgive them, leftist fantasies to the contrary. No, instead they form part of the general government debt to be paid down in common taxes by non-college graduates who did nothing to incur them and get none of the benefits of these degrees, and those of us who've already paid our loans, while millennials, millennials who in general have an appalling work ethic, as anybody who's worked with them collectively knows, take another experiential holiday. This desperate effort to buy the young's electoral loyalty is unlikely to work, because statistically they tend to be too lazy to vote in decisive numbers, and the rest of us are furious at the unfairness of this latest progressive ploy. Fourth, while it appears that Trump has yet again behaved badly over keeping classified government documents, he's hardly alone. Former presidents traditionally are at war with the government over which documents are theirs and which belong to the country, and this is often settled in the courts. This is nothing new. What's new is the FBI's overzealous response to trying to destroy Trump, which is particularly problematic given the FBI's appalling record in involving itself in domestic elections these past few years. It's obvious Democratic leanings, as everyone who's followed what's gone on 
um, follow the email trains is aware of. And third, the fact that Trump could again be a major political candidate running against Joe Biden. For all these reasons, this is taking a nuclear weapon to a fly. Also, there is a whataboutism here. Former Clinton National Security Advisor Sandy Berger went so far as to stuff some unflattering documents in his pants and socks. You simply can't make this stuff up. Again, he hid these documents in his pants and his socks, only yet only to be found out as he attempted to slink away from the National Archives. And don't get me started on the nauseatingly privileged treatment Hillary Clinton was given by the FBI over her illegal homebrew server, where everyone was given immunity and they actually actively destroyed the computers and hard drives in question, and they certainly didn't have anywhere near the response the FBI is now giving Trump um, because of her homeroom server. In these other cases, the FBI did not storm the houses of the guilty people in question as they did with Trump and Mar-a-Lago. Ironically, this double standard actually bolsters Trump's standing as his charge that there are one set of rules for Democrats and another for Republicans sadly looks all too true. And Trump is making this larger systemic argument, albeit imperfectly, that the levers of the institutions that run American life, the security institutions like the FBI and the CIA, federal government workers who are overwhelmingly Democrats, the the, the arts and and entertainment industry, the media industry, academia. I, for instance, have a PhD and never thought for one second in my life I could be a professor because given the fact that I have conservative views, there's no way they'd support me. Trump is saying that there are one set of rules because of this elite being Democratic and another for Republicans. And invading his house when you don't take on Hillary Clinton makes this look all too true. For all these reasons, don't buy the hype about the Biden comeback. My firm, which called the 2020 outcome perfectly down to the tie in the Senate, has the GOP still likely to take the House by 20 to 30 seats with the Senate still too close to call. If you had to ask me today and I just looked in real clear politics, we would have things at 50-50 again. When wishful thinking replaces genuine thinking, you get stories like these. And it's very important to separate the two and the mainstream media are utterly incapable of doing so. So the basic narrative is wrong in every one of its particulars at the moment. Abortion is not the sea change issue that they wish that it were. Um, Biden passing another drunken sailor spending bill will worry more people than it will assuage. Uh, Giving a free give out to the millennials will just make the rest of us crazy and they still won't turn out to vote. It would get in the way of their fourth latte and their experiential holiday, attacking Trump over documents where he's behaved badly, but not Hillary Clinton, Sandy Berker, or indeed taking on Barack Obama if he has disagreements about documents, does fit Trump's view of a, of a one set of rules for Democrats, one set of rules for Republicans, and trying to change the topic away from inflation, which is the number one concern, doesn't pass the laugh test. Despite all this media cheerleading, analytically, they will be wrong yet again, and you can take it to the bank. The Republicans will take a 20 to 30 seat advantage in the House, and the Senate's too close to call. Once we get near the election, we'll try to call it, but at the moment, way too close to call. All of this means that the Democratic ascendancy in Washington from 2020 will, as so often historically happens, end in 2022. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. For those of you who haven't yet, please do subscribe and please do give the $70 we're asking to give you this absolutely unvarnished, facts-based 
account of the world as it is rather than the world the left would dream that it might be. And that's why we're right over and over again and they're wrong. We're willing to have the bravery to see things as they actually are. Have a great weekend and see you Monday.